think about what is making the headlines right now layoffs companies letting people go cost cutting right but think back to the headlines this time last year the startup boom and just the crazy ways in which companies were trying to make people stay we are in the middle of the great resignation what are companies doing to retain their talent now a conventional method to hold on to talent has been to offer an employee between 50 and 100% of their salary as a retention bonus they're now promising new joinees with a technology background bmw bikes and trips to dubai as freebies the startup being talked about here is payment app bharatpay wow it feels like we're living in an alternate reality times were good talent was scarce startups and companies were flushed with money and endless capital they were offering anything from dog walking services to super bikes to sponsoring vacations and making moonshots entertaining employees but not anymore now the funding winter that has startup shivering is getting bleaker and could last a lot longer than earlier estimated and the agony is palpable with some on the retention ways to make employees stay has really changed think about it it used to be transparent and clear cut you knew what to expect now retention is happening behind closed doors and in whispers in a sense it's gone from open to hidden broad to specific basically it's gone from equal to unequal employees didn't get the memo everyone is still expecting bigger increases and better bonuses than last year the thing is only a sliver of people are actually going to get it to understand who these employees are why they have been chosen and what the company is doing to keep them i spoke to top hr executives and talent specialists at the end of this episode you'll know where you stand You'll know whether your company is even trying to retain you. This is Cost a Company, the Ken's podcast about careers and workplaces, and I'm your host, Akshaya. saw happening last year was every company at least in the startup uh, ecosystem was in a real hurry to grow right and you don't have the opportunity or the time to grow talent from within so everybody has to buy talent and that's when you start to see artificial things like you know BMW bikes benefits you really want to stand out compared to everybody else right what we saw last year was actually not sustainable that was suman gopalan she is the chief hr officer at freshworks it's a nasdaq listed saas firm she manages over 5000 employees and suman says buying talent may have worked back then but it's not sustainable anymore 
a year or so back there was high inflow of visa money right companies and startups were just giving away free bmw bikes and exorbitant pay hikes to employees and employees were spoiled for choice and pampered with perks and benefits now things are clearly different and we are talking resource crunch options are diminishing for talent and most companies are operating with a lot of constraints right so what are you doing to retain employees honestly in my point of view what you're seeing now is normal so let's talk about retention right typically companies have two kinds of strategies one is broad based how do i make sure that i'm not churning through talent right i have a way in which i am retaining and growing talent and they grow with the company right that has all to do with the kind of opportunities you provide the kind of exposure the kind of learning they have but most importantly the kind of experience they have right that's the reason people stick with then what companies do is they take a hard look at their talent and say who are my top talent these are the folks on whom i will bet the future of the company on right they are here for the long haul and for them you do a differentiated strategy that is where you really look at long term holding power all of that right that's the classic way in which companies really look at retention one broad based and one is more special for people that you think uh, are key to the future of your company so this is it right companies are moving from a broad based strategy to a very specialized retention strategy just for the top talent but it's not just that it looked like the specialized strategy was gaining momentum very quickly in just a year so i asked suman exactly that what changed why is it happening now even a year back there was top talent and not so great talent right and she seemed to agree that's true right at any point in time good times and bad you will have people who will shine you will have people who met expectations who will have people who won't now what starts to happen is when you as a company are having really good growth right that kind of overshadows everything then you start to say that okay if my company did so well it is because so many people did so well and so i'm going to reward lots more people really well which is fine but you have to remember to modulate that when your company is not doing so well because you can't continue to say that all of you did really well but sorry the company did not meet results right so somewhere you have to make sure that it aligns with the overall performance of the company as well Last year the formula for attracting and keeping talent was simple. Just ask people what they want and give it to them. That simply won't cut it anymore. You see with limited resources, companies are thinking long and hard about who deserves these benefits and also how rewarding these employees benefits them in turn. And if you listen closely, the differentiated strategy that Suman is talking about can only work if you differentiate employees right that's what i sensed a pattern in my conversations with many top hr executives they seem to have a ranking system of sorts for their employees in fact there is an invisible pyramid of talent that they have in mind when they make decisions about rewards and incentives and increments 
an invisible pyramid because no one's talking about it. An invisible pyramid also because employees have no idea this is happening. So let me tell you, this pyramid of talent, based on what I gathered, has three categories. On top of the pyramid are superstars. Those who have exceeded expectations and done phenomenally well. In the middle are the finishers. Those who have just met expectations and done the bare minimum. And at the bottom of the pyramid are the also-rans. Those who have failed expectations and are facing the heat right now. This demarcation between superstars, finishers and the also-rans seems to be way, way sharper than before. I took my theory about the pyramid of talent to Saurabh Singla. He's the chief HR officer of Upgrad. And Upgrad is an online higher education company last valued at over $2.2 billion. He manages over 9,000 people and he's someone who's definitely clued in on the subject because Upgrad quite literally doubled its headcount last year. So I asked Saurabh about this. So Saurabh, uh, what I'm hearing is that retention efforts are now hyper-focused on top talent or superstars, like I call them. And uh, retention is not broad-based anymore. The job market has become extremely competitive and only superstars who have exceeded all expectations and done phenomenally well are getting all the cushy perks. Do you think so? And if yes, why do you think that's happening? So, so Akshat, fairly interesting question and that it's actually right. Uh, same time about a year or a year and a half back, the life used to be very different. Not just for top talent, but even if you're an average talent or even a below average talent, you would find a taker. So that's from the other side, from an employee side. Uh, and from the employer side, of course, I mean, the, the overall growth was thought that it would be so high, high, high. And it was all revenue-based decisions. But what's happened in the last one year with the entire global scenario moving to a different new normal and it's actually disrupting itself like every now and then now. But the cash has become the king. And at the same time, the profit, the profitability has suddenly become such a big focus for everyone. I mean, I, I completely agree with the fact that the job market has become more competitive. The demand for the skilled talent continues to be high. But the rewards or the kind of money or the kind of uh, perks like a BMW bike or the luxury products, all of those, they're, they're not found equally in the same, same uh, proportion, which was there about a year, year and a half or in fact, two years back, I would say. Uh, but what's happened is uh, now companies are rather applying their retention benefits, which are very focused to the top talent and the critical role holders. And it's become a very big need because uh, you can't go to the 100% of the organization and try to do some broad-based retention strategy. And you don't need to, because what you need specifically is you need to find out what's that cohort of people who in tough times and in changing times are going to bring very uh, differentiated results to the organization. So both Suman and Saurabh are largely in agreement with protecting top talent at all costs. I wanted to see if this was playing out at companies across the board. And what I found out in a study put out by Aon Hewitt, which is a management consulting firm, is this. This isn't limited to upgrade in Freshworks, or even just startups. 
large companies, IT service companies, product companies, everyone across the board is following the same pattern. Back in 2020, companies took a more socialistic stand. By that, I mean they rated an unbelievably low percentage of people in the also-rans category, in the bottom-most category, which means more people were rewarded. But in 2023, the numbers tell a completely different story. Companies are definitely placing more and more people in the also-rans category, and a whole lot of people, a majority in fact, in the finishers category. And the really interesting thing is this. Only a teeny tiny percentage of employees actually belonged to the superstars category. So what's the work environment like right now, right? The impact of differentiating employees like as superstars, finishers and also rands definitely cannot be understated because this is taken into consideration during salary negotiations and bonuses, who gets ESOPs and there's differentiation in treatment also. So what's the selective retention we are talking about? So number one, this is true, not just for company. It's just the Darwinian way of evolution, right? You mean survival of the fittest? Uh, Yes. Uh, One is survival of the fittest, which is more on individual's ability. It's usually used as a cutthroat way of looking at things. I would probably go the George Orwell way. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, usually HR people are expected to be socialists, but I'm more a believer in capitalists, right? Uh, Where uh, in Animal Farm, he said all animals are equal, but a lion is more equal than a pig, right? Uh, So, so the the truth is not everybody is equal, uh, right? Uh, And and in a way, uh, different times and uh, timelines, a special kind of talent has taken the center stage. That is Karthik Rao, the chief HR officer of Good Glam Group. It is a $1.2 billion content to commerce company that has 12 brands under its portfolio. Karthik manages over 3,500 people. And if you follow him on LinkedIn, you probably know this already. He's someone who speaks his mind and tells it like it is. Uh, Having said that, I think most good companies are able to create uh, a healthy mix of people in the center. So I'll I'll probably take 30 seconds to explain what I mean. I see most companies either focusing on the topmost guy, uh, which you spoke as the superstars, or the bottom boxes who are exited through PIP. But the biggest potential of performance improvement lies in the large majority. Now, that's an area which usually people don't focus. So look what happened, at least in my time. I'm sure you're much younger. When I was in school, a teacher would only focus on top students and beat the uh, bottom boxes. But people who were in 16s and 70s, they were like, he's an average person. Now, I believe overall productivity and the scoring of a school can go up if 70s and 60s students move 10 notches up. Because beyond a point, 95% guy can only move to 98%. They can't go to 101%. So number one, good companies are able to create talent density, which kind of ensures uh, they have a larger pool, right? For for Good Glam Group, for example, uh, we have a very simple framework called Exceptional Critical People. So it's a two by two metric where we simply say who's exceptional, who's critical. Now, for example, in a company like ours. 
all exceptional people critical no that's the beauty no so it's a bit nuanced so for example uh if i need a content creator and i don't have content creators as a market there is no college that teaches content creation then whoever is available is critical even if they're not exceptional they are critical because if this person goes i don't have anyone to replace right so 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 the beauty is some people are exceptional but they're not critical because tomorrow i can find a good replacement in the market who are exceptionally good during the civil war in the 1860s countless american soldiers lost their lives the numbers were rising to a scary degree and the reason was diagnosed to be the lack of immediate medical care for the soldiers so what did they do they set up makeshift hospitals on the war field to treat the wounded soldiers as quickly as possible but they were still pressed for time resources and manpower and on top of that thousands of injured soldiers were flocking to these field hospitals by the minute at a time like this doctors in these field hospitals did something really interesting this was later credited with saving millions of lives by the way so here's what they did every time a soldier was brought to the hospital a doctor would assess them the first thing they would see is how bad the injury was if a soldier was only slightly hurt and unlikely to die then doctors would just let them be but if a soldier was shot in the stomach head or chest area it likely meant they wouldn't survive so doctors again would just let them be you see the medical resources were scarce so treating these soldiers who would most likely not survive would be a waste of these precious resources as harsh as that sounds but if a soldier was wounded in the arm or leg their chances of survival were considered higher so they would get immediate attention from the doctor and all resources would be directed to save them this is called triaging the method that saved countless lives during the american civil war and what we are seeing right now is the triaging of retention companies like the doctors in the field hospitals are also operating with limited resources and there are more people who need to be saved than there are available resources to save them and these are not normal circumstances because of that the very nature of retention too had to change what was once broad based and carried out in a more sweeping manner has become extremely targeted discerning and most importantly triaged they're sorting talent and prioritizing treatment they're using their limited resources for just one category of people who are extremely critical and that is the top talent or superstars or exceptional critical people whatever you want to call them so who are these people and what are they getting and what about the bulk of people who fall in the finishers category and the also runs let's find out but before that my colleague snigda has a message for you you know how we have this vast intricate network of undersea cables that connects us all with the internet now imagine something similar but in space think of the future when there may be human colonies on mars or even the moon we won't be able to use optical fiber cables then will we 
But you know what? My colleague Brady, the deputy editor of the Ken Southeast Asia, says that you don't have to imagine it anymore. In his brand new newsletter called Present Slash Future, Brady introduces us to a fascinating character. His name is Rohit Jha. The man is based out of Singapore and is working on building a unique technology, the equivalent of an undersea cable in space. And at the same time, he's also discovering how it can change our lives here on Earth. Present Future is a limited-run newsletter of stories just like these, of people chipping away at big problems on the cusp of the next big thing. And this is our only newsletter that is free. No paywall, no subscription. Just sign up with your email address and you will get a new dispatch in your inbox every other week. The link to sign up for the first edition of Present Future is in the show notes of this episode. And I highly recommend for you to check it out. Thank you for listening. And now back to Akshaya. Kamal Karant is a seasoned talent specialist. He's the co-founder of a staffing solutions firm called Exfino. And I went to him for answers. Kamal, um, tell me why does it make business sense to retain top talent right now? Why are companies, in my opinion, obsessed with retaining top talent? Yeah, I think contextually, people are fighting with uh, limited resources. So that's the truth, right? At the same time, we are also seeing in the tech space especially, uh, there's still demand for uh, specialist talent, especially in the digital skills in the 4 to 10 years experience range, whom you can really call a specialist. And as you would have seen through the results published by the IT services companies, the attritions are still in the range of 20%. So people are still leaving jobs. That means somebody is hiring them. And the data that we saw in the first four months of this year is that nobody had picked up an offer for anything less than 50% hike. So it's not that the market is bad and, you know, uh, I have limited resources, so I'll pay you less doesn't cut the ice with the aspirant job seeker. So they're making a move for one of the tangible benefits, which is money. So that's uh, very clear. So that means that when you look at, uh, you know, keeping your own employees who are there, you obviously want uh, likely to lose the best employees for the reason that they are the ones who will be headhunted, who will be called by somebody else to come work for them. And then it also calls uh, for you to differentiate, to bring maybe, for the want of a better word, I would say, casteism of trying to retain your superstars, right? The top talent, Uh as much as one can say it, I think there's only about 10% of the company or at best you're, a, you're the most happening company. You may have 15% of your talent whom we can call a stock talent. So there you, you possibly divert most of your financial resources towards them. And right now, I think that's what's happening. And the appraisals are just out and we could see that the companies have given good hikes to people whom they can call as their top talent. So yeah, the resources are less. At the same time, attrition is real. That means when you're attracting talent, you have to keep a kind of a pool for them, you know, and in excess of 50% of what they were drawing. You at the same time also need to retain your superstars so that they, you don't lose them. So you have to use your resources really well. And that's why you also see in some pockets, they rather lay off people and save that money for the people whom they want to keep and for the people whom they want to attract. And I think that's what's exactly happening in the market. So let's talk about superstars finishers and also runs. How would you define each of these categories? 
the frequently frequently used term is top talent you know and top talent for me is typically used in two areas employees who are top performers and employees who have high potential and during appraisal this casteism becomes even more pronounced as the managers are fighting with minimal budget to reward the team members and the demarcation here is really between members who have performed above expectations generally this is like i said 10 to 15% you can call them top talent uh, also and then the finishers as you call the colleagues who meet expectations means people who did the bare minimum expected to meet their kpis or budgets this would be at at best about 30% you can you know the finishers as we call them and i call also category of people also ran uh, these are the set of people whom you don't know if they worked hard or performed badly you know the kind of people you mentioned last year who who got whatever hikes because everybody got i would like to put almost 40% of people in this category where managers are confused as to if they want to give them a hike or not sure how to evaluate them so you know if you lose them it's fine but you also don't know why you want to keep them kind of stuff so generally these guys get what i call as the prasad you know oh, 5% you know 8% you know ha huh, just just give them something so that there's no headache and something falls down you know there's somebody to pick up those threads right and the last fourth category i call them as laggards these are the clear cut 10 to 15% people if they leave nobody cares you know you can call them inadequate efforts below par performance or sometimes unacceptable behaviors right so i think i would put as top talent uh, you know the finishers the also ran and let's say laggards as the four categories of people in an organization they have i think uh, you know you, you have to look at all these 10 15% they talk about i think they exist all the time it's just that during these times we make that call right also these guys during hikes will i mean these are guys who have got zero hikes you know if nobody told them anything i think they leave on their own but i think now the companies are forced to push them out so i believe everyone is mostly interested in what superstars are getting because if you know what they're getting and you haven't really gotten that you know you belong to the other two categories right so what are the superstars getting what are the exclusive benefits that they enjoy i believe for superstars promotions uh, fast track in fast tracking of career bonuses hefty hikes esops discretionary esops are all par for the course more than all these materialistic gains what superstars get are visibility and recognition i think preferential prestigious projects to run which they enjoy i think they are the real perks but the most powerful thing that i i think superstars enjoy is access access to bosses Uh, global bosses in large companies founders uh, you know in the case of startup world key cxos in the company this gives them power uh, power of information which gives them an edge over their peers uh, and this access gives you a high no role or incentive does you know i i can talk through even from my, my own experience i remember one of my colleagues who would even watch movies with the boss you know that was like access we would wonder what else is happening between them you know and you know and another colleague she would even be invited to holidays with the boss's family and we would wonder wow kya treatment hai you know so it was for me access the power i think that they and we all are yearning for information kya hone wala hai what's happening and i think superstars have that edge of access the pyramid of talent right like superstars on top finishers in the middle and also runs like you said superstars are just 10% or sometimes 15% of the employees and also runs against should usually be low in number but a majority of us fall in the finishers category so what's happening to them 
that's right. I think uh, it's a difficult place to be in the finishes unless the organization is doing very well. So, like, I think, you know, uh, when, when you look at appraisals, increments, bonuses, kind of context, uh, you know, you have to do very well. Your team has to do very well and the organization has to do very well. I think the finishers, when they're in a space where all these three things are being met, that's when they're in advantageous space. If the organization has not done well, only they have done well. And if the team has not done well, the finishers take the hit most of the times. We are at another liminal moment for work. What do I mean? Most of us have developed a new sense of awareness to the world around us. We are constantly looking for signs and signals to tell us what our future might look like. What is this appraisal season trying to tell me? Why was someone else on my team preferred over me to go to that prestigious conference? Why was the moonshot project I was working on killed off? Why is my manager's manager invested in my project? These might be some of your most personal thoughts, feelings and experiences at work, but they are more universal than you think. A lot of us are in the same boat. As you investigate these aspirations and anxieties, think about the triage. Think about the three categories. Superstars, finishers, alterants. And now, think about where you stand. You can write to us about your thoughts on this episode at podcasts at the-ken.com. Thank you for listening to Costa Company. Also, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It really makes a difference. This episode of Costa Company was written and hosted by Akshya Chandrasekharan, produced by Anushka Mukherjee, with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. I'm your other host, Sneha, and you'll hear from me next week on Cost to Company. 